Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show's Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment of Excited to Welcome Program. Caregiver Dave and the Sandy Dave, what's going on? How are you? Hey, we're here in L.A. enjoying the warm sunshine. Summer is here and COVID is gone. And God bless America. Yes, that's what I see. You say COVID is gone in Canada or in India. They would hate to hear that. But it's also and and that's the problem. And we'll see if it's gone in three months. I'm hoping this is it. We're done. Let's let's just move on. Events. I'm supposed to speak in London London at the London Stock Exchange and the uh, Society of Medicine in September. It It was supposed to happen next week, but they pushed it back because of COVID. They still okay. don't have COVID together over there. Yeah, well, that's because they didn't open up the gates like we did when we no one expected it, especially marketers didn't expect it. They expected more and more things online. So, that well, soon red carpets. I got a red carpet invite in Vegas. How far are you from Vegas, Dave, for a big I'll be day? there. I'll be there. All right, I'll, let me I'll forward you that. Five-hour drive, one-hour flight. I'll be there. Okay, Dave, we'll be there. Okay, Damian Joseph Quinn is our guest, and we're going to talk about Roadhead. Damian, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. All right, Damian, so let's kind of talk about specifically, do you always want to be an actor? Yeah. Oh, yeah, since I was a baby. A, a baby? baby? That's the strangest <laughs> answer. Define baby. baby. Does, does a baby. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm 26, so I'm 25. No, I, uh, my, my dad's one of eight, so I have a huge athletic Irish family. I'm one of 28 cousins, and I would always get the attention as a kid by dancing and lip syncing. So I was lip syncing for my life as like a five-year-old. So I was always an entertainer and uh, always knew this is what I wanted to do. And the class clown, I might add, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. I think so. I'll ask your teacher. different different classes depending on the class right totally i was like a class leader and the class queer more than i was like you know the whoopee cushion kid gotcha so and you built the leadership in those certain ways gotcha sure yeah and um in that process when did you know this acting was for you like that this is going to be your you said five years old you want to be an actor but when did it say this is gonna be my profession well, I, as soon as I was on stage, there was the magic, you know, uh, everyone in the audience. It was it was a, a, a Missoula Children's Theater community show. And I played Prince John and Robin Hood and I sang and it was like, oh, oh, whoa, there's a magic. You know, I really, really came to life on stage. So uh, it happened again at the premiere a couple of days ago. Just, you know, my friends, we got to be in a movie theater and watch Roadhead. And there's kind of a moment of like, oh, wow, wow, this is this is real. And, um, you know, there's a magic to it. And see, that's an interesting thing. You say there's a magic to it. And there's a magic when you're back in theaters. And I would, if you'd have told me two months ago, there'd be a full theater in LA, Dave, I would have thought no way in predictions. So that would have been a, a gamble and a half, especially, it, but it, it happened. So that's good for everyone. <laughs> All right, yeah. Dave. So you were what, born and raised on the East Coast, New Jersey, and now you're in LA. Is that how it happened? Yeah, I grew up in farm country. Grew up next to a cow farm, horse farm, buffalo farm. Nobody really so, leaves the town I grew up in. And yeah, I came on the way out here. So you can actually milk cows, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a professional cow milker. No, no, I've, <laughs> I've never touched one. <laughs> what, what brought you to LA? I've always dreamt of LA. I don't know. I, I love sunshine. I'm a big nature person and I'm a yoga teacher. So spiritually, I'm inclined towards places like this too. And uh, I studied at NYU Tisch and Manhattan kicked my butt. Because it is wow. uh, it's just tough, you know, like living in a uh, uh, concrete jungle. So it's really nice to be out here. And there's a nicer balance, I think, between rest and, and work. So what was your first big break out here? 
United States versus Billie Holiday happened for me uh, actually the week before the pandemic. So I had to join SAG. Oh. I played Roy Cohn. Yeah, it went from like, I was just a congressperson in the back to Lee Daniel seeing me, seeing my powers and was like, you know, can you do this role? And got a standing ovation from him. And that movie's now nominated wow. for an Oscar. We won a Golden Globe. So uh, yeah, that was, that was really exciting. That changed yeah. things. So that changed things. So you're telling me you were just <laughs> going to be like a, not an extra, but you know, just a kind of a supporting role kind of scene. And how did that happen? Tell us the story. Yeah. That happened. yeah. I'm a big believer in like manifestations. So right. there's I, yeah, I agree too. Okay, great, great. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's like, oh boy, here comes the woo woo, you know. But uh, I was uh, I was with my, or I was, it was like an, a, an idle Tuesday night at like 9 p.m. And I got an audition for Congressman number two. It was Lee Daniels movie. So I already kind of knew in my head, I'm like, okay, I'll play a, like a racist congressperson. I'll be snaky and kind of gross and whatever. And I, I texted my friend and I'm like, I really want to smoke weed tonight. Should I? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And then within minutes of deciding not to smoke, I got the audition, was sober enough to memorize all of my lines, went in the next morning just to do congressperson number two. It was like my third audition that day. I really wasn't thinking too much about it. And the casting associate was like, could you do Roy Cohn? And I'm like, sure. I saw Angels in America, so I could do Al Pacino's Roy Cohn. So I just did that. And then he's like, goodbye. And I'm like, bye. You know, you, you know, in the rooms, you never know. I mean, sometimes when they're laughing their butts off and they're like, you got it, you got it. I don't get it at all. And then other times and I'm like, wow, he hates me, I got it. So Lee Daniels saw the audition. He watched every single one of the uh, actors who auditioned for the movie. And he was like, well, that's my Roy Cohn. And then he extended the scene for me, gave me more lines, had me have this whole moment, camera pans in and stuff. And uh, so I got to, you know, play for a couple days with Lee and got a standing ovation in the room and stuff. It was, it was really cool. First movie besides Ro uh, Roadhead. So were things really as easy as it, as it, as it appears or were you having some challenges that you had to overcome in the beginning? Now, do you mean uh, for auditioning or yeah. like when, when camera action happens? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Oh, well, that's a good, question. good question for both of them. Start, start with the uh, audition. Yeah, I mean, auditioning, like, you know, I moved out here, I graduated from Tisch, top of my class. I was most outstanding actor and scholar. And I was like, let's go, you know, I'm a star, you know, I'm queer, <laughs> I'm binary, I got everything going for me. And it's like back the line kid, you know, so I, you know, I had to start from zero, I had no connections in the business. And, you know, was playing creature actors with 20 pounds of prosthetic on my face, rolling around in the dirt, like with the garbage cans and stuff and getting paid a hundred bucks, you know, and then having to go like serve burgers. My first reps wanted my naked pictures. They were kind of like putting me in a precarious situation. They're just gross, gross stuff. And uh, it was yeah, at, you have Stefan on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, I know my thanks. That's a great headshot. And then my head's not in it, <laughs> wrong head, you know. But my, um, uh, I, I was serving at 33 Taps uh, as a gay bar in Silver Lake. And a woman, uh, her name's Nicole and she's a friend of mine. And she was hearing about all these terrible agencies and auditions. And she was like, I think I might know someone in casting, maybe. I'm just gonna talk you up. And when people say that, usually nothing happens. Right. She happened to know Charles, who happened to be casting Roadhead. And that's how I booked it. So auditions have, you know, and I mean, through the pandemic, maybe I've sent out a hundred tapes and haven't heard a word back. So it's, it's a crazy give and take where when I'm on set, I got, it, it's a performative collaborative experience, but when you're auditioning in your living room by yourself, it's so isolating and a lot of export without the input. So did Roadhead come first before? 
the before I shot it two wow. years ago, actually. I shot it two. So it's it's kind of surreal to see myself, you know, from then and be like, oh gosh, I, you know, I'm so much cooler and more handsome now. Jeez. <laughs> and and you know, you can do comedy and drama. Is that unusual for a young actor to to be good at one or the other or both? It kind of in some ways hinders the marketing because it makes me seem like I'm more broad, general, or unclear about what I'm capable of when I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm good at both. I'm like, oh, geez, okay. But I really do. I mean, I'd love to go. And that, I mean, Roadhead kind of holds both. You know, there are scenes where before we shot, especially that last scene, I was on my hands and knees hysterically weeping to get to the place where I just murdered the man who murdered the love of my life. And then there are times where, you know, it's like so goofy and I'm, I'm you know, I, I mean, ridiculous, you know, and just all comedy and timing. It's two different parts of the brain. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And see, that's always the thing that I find fascinating about it is, again, what you can do. But I think theater helps so much. You said you were top notch. So that's going to help when you get the next call. And that's yeah. what's happened. It's not the first audition. It's the second one where they say, I really want to work with you. Where they've seen the work already. They know that yeah. I can be. And no, no, them. not work with the second audition. I mean, like second callback. After that, where you get in person and they see you can do much more than that. Meaning right. that they, and, you know, and also memorizing lines, but I'll get <laughs> to that another time. But do you agree <laughs> with me on that? That because of your skill set as an actor, what you've learned in college and what, how you've been top notch, once they see that you can kind of be very flexible, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, my training comes into the listening, the presence, the performance, the transformation. And in audition, usually in Hollywood, they have a thousand of them and they're looking at a little tiny picture and it's not the right look, not the right look, not the right look. <laughs> the callback is where the technique comes into play. Where if, you know, I give them an opinion of where I think this world is going and they're like, nope, it's this direction. I can scrap it immediately and pivot quickly. I'm a great improviser. I'm uh, in the advanced writing lab on the grounding stage and I write myself. So I just, I know how to pick things up. So uh, my, my tools really come into use when we're all playing together uh, more than it is when it's like, hi, my name's Damien, you know, and I'm the 500th you've heard today, you know. And I could just see those auditions. I mean, the challenges. Wow. All the rejection, Dave. Yeah. How could you? Wow. It is. It, that's the job. That's why I, uh, that, that's the job. The, the, the work, my love of this and the craft and the art fuels me and keeps me going. But my job is submitting tapes, not hearing anything back and not taking it personally. So when you first started to where you are now, what, um, what has changed you and what has kept you the same and uh, grounded into what you were before? And on top of that, where do you see your future going? Mm. Where would you like? Yeah. So, um, Past, I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, um, I, I did a yoga teacher training and, uh, I have a big spiritual practice and I actually spent a couple months this year in Hawaii, just kind of walking around meeting folks yeah. look like, you know, I devised ritual theater there and stuff. And, my biggest lesson has been to surrender and let go, especially on this pathless path of art. It's really not that A plus work, work, work. If you work the hardest and you prove it and everything, if everything's coming in the mind and is really contracted and uh, all effort, 
sometimes it's like not what casting wants to hear. They want to hear, hey, I'm easy. This is already my role. Take it or leave it. I really don't care. I'm going to go to the next one, you know? Because it's like, well, wow, I am the person. I'm not proving that I am the person. I'm already your actor, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. Confidence, yeah. Totally, totally. There's a, there's an internal confidence that I have now that I'm already arrived, that, you know, it's, it's a work in presence rather than in yeah. a story that I'm trying to build, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's just a lot more ease, a lot more rest, a lot more let go. Um, and then I think as far as the future, I mean, I've always had the same goal. And it's been a surreal week watching with my friends, me on the big screen and everyone being like, Damien, you, you were truly built to be a movie star. There's no doubt in my mind. And the five-year-old in the Power Rangers underwear knew this, you know, I like knew that this was why I was incarnated. I am to be a movie star. I am to be that and give people an understanding of love, play, humanity. You know, I've, I've, it's, I, I was bullied a lot as a kid and to go into that imagination world was just like always my medicine. So I wanted to provide that to people too. So, um, you know, I think, I think it's just to continue to grow that way, you know, just do better and more exciting projects constantly, just keep the momentum upward. So let's go into telling us about Roadhead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah. 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 Roadhead tell us about it. Yeah. Pretty tell crazy. Us about it. Yeah. So yeah. tell us about it. Yeah. I say it's a great bad movie. <laughs> like, you know, like, and like, you know, after United States versus Billy Holiday, I'm excited to tell my dad, like, hey, dad, the movie's called Roadhead. I give a guy a blowjob and then he slams on the brakes and then I bite his dick off and he can't run away. You know what I mean? Like, you know, for, for, for the, for the snooty tooty artist in me, I'm like, oh no. But it is a popcorn movie. It's a great, uh, fun, thrilling comedy. I scream every time that I watch it and I'm in the movie and I know what happens. It just always spooks me. And uh, there are really surprising elements of heart in like, you know, a movie that really would be good when you're stoned or have had a couple cocktails in you. <laughs> hey. hey, I'm sorry about my video. I don't know what happened, but I can't get it back. But... <laughs> That's okay, Dave. We're good. Your video is back, so you're good. Oh, okay. Okay. So, Damien, what's next? What projects do you have coming up next after this? Uh, I'm producing and uh, I wrote and I'm starring in um, a piece called Honey and Milk. It's um, uh, an all-female crew, so every person that has such a project is them identifying. And um, we're going to live as the characters for seven days in the house and then bring in the crew on the eighth day to start shooting. So that's my next piece is a project that I'm creating myself called Honey and Milk. I'm a content creator, <laughs> too, so I'm just writing and creating my own sketches. And uh, hopefully uh, another big movie. Maybe one of these auditions uh, has already planted into the soil of my soul. It, it will. It's going to happen. So just manifest <clears throat> it will happen. Write well, down you're going to have a next big movie. And I'm already working on some projects with clients who are looking to try to get different interesting stories into place. So I'll always keep you in mind if we end up getting that deal on Netflix or certain things and say, then they hire the director, say, I know some great actors are awesome. Dave. That's All right, give us our caregiver Dave question. Go ahead, Dave. So I'm caregiver Dave. My wife had a stroke about 25 years ago. I've been married to her almost 47 years. And it just changed our lives upside down, you know. She lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. But yet we worked through it, a couple of year grieving period. Now she's more amazing than she ever has. She still can't talk or walk, but she communicates non-verbally through Pictionary and Charades. Two games I hate, by the way. But now I'm... <laughs> I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver. I now help other caregivers survive this thing called caregiving. 
because 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do. I don't know if you know any caregivers, but usually they're not doing very well. Oh, so my question to you is, you know, I believe everyone is going to eventually become a caregiver or need a caregiver. And it's like this tsunami coming. There's not enough of them. And so do you worry about it? Are you concerned about it? Uh, are your parents in a place or your grandparents where, you know, they need a caregiver? Um, how, how has it affected your life yet? Yeah. So actually, when I shot and booked Billy Holiday, I got the news of my dad's blood cancer. So uh, there was a time he got multiple myeloma and there was a time we were sure his uh, death was imminent. Uh, so it was just a matter of time and it was a pandemic. So I couldn't fly to go spend time with him because we were, he, he had a compromised immune system. And um, fortunately he just was remarried and uh, his wife, my, you know, stepmom Kelly was the caregiver. Um, but I mean, it was a toll on everybody, you know, and uh, <clears throat> is, uh, and now he's better fortunately and is oh, good. Himself. you know the his procedure worked which was amazing this uh, car t t-cell transplant and yeah yeah my nan i mean i just got up phone with my mom today my mom's mom is starting to show signs of dementia and a need for oh, wow. caregiving food. So, I mean, yeah, it's part of all of our lives you know I, I think in our society we deny death pretend that it's not happening and then when it does you know it's like hospice or throw them out you know like that but i mean another in like tribes culture elderly would be at the center of the tribe you know folks near death are more i don't know coveted cared for and uh, integrated into society than i think we have here yeah that's, that's awesome absolutely yeah. so um best place we can connect in, with you and stuff where can we go uh, so my name is damien joseph quinn on instagram or dame quinn 08 on tiktok and uh, I'd say those two places are the best. And DamienJosephQuinn.com, but I'm, I'm lazy in updating my website. And then go also to see Roadhead. It's available in all VODs right now, right? Yep. We're on Amazon Prime. Oh, you're on Prime too. Oh, congrats on that. Yeah. Amazon Prime. Thank awesome. you. Okay, awesome. I did, that's always the great thing and get that opportunity as well. And, then, and I think more and more seeing those opportunities when you're adding those to the VOD to jump on Prime because Prime again- yeah gives you that exposure that's needed sometimes to help the others because some people that don't have prime say, go get it. And then the more reviews you get on Amazon, the more people are going to the film other places. Right. And I just got yeah. prime yesterday. Yay. You're kidding right. me. Dave, you've not been on prime for that long. Oh, come on. Man. Okay. All right. We'll appreciate it, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks. Damien. All right. Thank guys. Nice to meet you. Dave. Take care guys. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Mike Velarde Show. I'm excited to welcome to Mike Velarde. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Great, Neil. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, again, we're going to continue to talk different things in politics. And who's yeah. our guest today? 
Rob Whitmore. R Rob is the most astute political person I know. That's why I always enjoy having him on the show. And you know, one of the things I want to talk about today, very interesting. I, I just had a, you know, I had Costas uh, Mandalore in town, a friend of mine, an actor, famous actor, and he had to fly to LA. You know, if you don't have a vaccine card, you have to get a test in order to get on that plane. Yeah. Okay. So they, uh, what I'm noticing is they're separating the people that are vaccinated from the people that aren't. Yes. And I don't know about you, but that kind of reminds me of what happened in Germany not so many years ago. Well, I mean, really, I'm wearing a mask in Pittsburgh at Target because I am not vaccinated and everyone else is not wearing masks. How do we know if we're vaccinated or not vaccinated? And everyone's probably staring at me saying, how dare you not get vaccinated? But I know the truths. I know that the next truths that are coming up that it's going to be really bad news for people that got vaccinated later on in their life. And I'm not doing it. Plain and simple. Rob, what do you think about this whole vaccination thing? Well, you know, Mike, we had an opportunity to chat about this earlier. Yeah. Um, we, 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 have, we have a reality. The, the world is struggling with a pandemic. Um, it's not perceived. It's been declared. There's been sufficient evidence of the fact that, uh, that this virus um, has spread and, and has spread throughout, throughout countries in Europe, uh, likely originating in Asia, China specifically. Um, and so we have those who are responsible um, for our safety, our public safety, uh, making decisions. And we, you know, people who cherish life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, um, often prefer that there be less government involved in our lives, let alone uh, making decisions that impair our ability to move freely uh, in our communities or across our country. Uh, so so the, the, the scary part about this, as you've identified, uh, is that those in power, those in government, may be making decisions based upon the public safety aspect of this, but we're very concerned about what their mindset is. And their mindset makes us less comfortable because they lean left. They lean towards more government control. They lean more towards socialism. Many of them proudly tout their values being rooted in Marxism. Yeah. So, so that's why this becomes a compounded problem. And as you've identified and we've witnessed firsthand from, from New York to LA is it's now becoming class warfare. It's part of the counterculture campaign, which is designed to degrade and destroy democracy. And unfortunately, I think they've been doing a great job doing it. You're right. And unfortunately, uh, they have a game plan and, and a message and the means uh, to, to do this damage uh, while we're still trying among ourselves, uh, those who perhaps are, are more independent 
in our thinking. Uh, maybe those who are more conservative in our thoughts. Uh, you know, we, we need to stand up, stand firm uh, on, on the principles and be more pragmatic. And see, but see, Mike, but you're right, freedom. And that we now, I don't think if pre the former president, President Trump knew he was going to speed up a vaccine, what ended up being where you were going to be forced to be vaccinated, he would even push towards that. If he knew what Big Pharma was going to do once he's out of power, it'll be interesting to see with him speaking now at events if he's pro-vaccine or anti now. Well, I believe the president was was vaccinated, was he not? Mike? Yeah, I believe he was. Uh, although I do know that he was excluded from a public service uh, announcement, a PSA as they, they call them, right? Uh, where they did feature other past presidents because at that time he may not have been. Um, but, but you're right, big pharma, uh, you know, there's an economic engine behind this. There is, there, you know, and, and, and we're even facing it in our own families, among our own friends and circles of friends, uh, it, it, even, even in our local coffee shops. There are some who are sitting here with and, with, or, and those sitting over there without. Wow, Mike. So what are your thoughts? Well, I, I see it causing a division, a division in the country, which is only going to make things worse. I think there's a whole bunch of people on the right side of the ledger that don't believe for a minute that Joe Biden actually even won this election. And there's a whole bunch of people on the left that don't can't see how he that he that he could have lost. Right. And so all that. So so what's going on with the speaking? We can't we can't agree on anything. But he's neat. I heard he's back out on tour, Trump. Yeah, he might, he might, he might be back on top of the, the point. That's, that's the point. The point is that in every state, every swing state, Donald Trump was up on election night. Election night is when the votes are supposed to stop being counted. Instead of that happening, they counted votes until Biden won. How do you, how do you count 242,000 votes that only have Joe Biden on the ballot? No down ballot votes and just all in a row. It's ridiculous. I mean, I understand what happened in Pennsylvania. All those, all those people that died at Gettysburg during the Civil War got up and voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> yes. And if the it wasn't Mike, for them, he wouldn't be president right now. Mike, the, the, horror, the horror of what occurred in the 2020 election is that those vested with the duty to secure fair and free elections in states like Pennsylvania right. decided to do things differently, very differently. At first, we thought the difference was merely that we were going to go to a paper ballot, that it would be more secure. However, what they did was they corrupted the process. They, they had the judicial court in Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court of the state of Pennsylvania support the change of election procedures that could only have been changed by the state legislature. 
Right. And so when the governor of Pennsylvania decided to have his executives change the process, knowing that it was not in the intent and the spirit of the state constitution or the legislative law of the, of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, he went to a court and had a, a, a judge who was not an elected representative side with him and permit him to quote unquote, change the process. And you and I are describing that as corrupting the process because it was unconstitutional in that state and further not consistent with the US constitution. And this is why the movement now is focused on election integrity and not voter fraud because the voters didn't do anything fraudulently. Those vested with the duty and the responsibility to assure free, fair, and reliable elections breached their duty to citizens of this country, red, white, and blue. So, Mike, why is the most of the Republican Party not talking about the election anymore? They're moving forward. And how, 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 how are we going to remedy it? Right now, right now there's, a, there's a bill in Congress to make the fraudulent processes that Rob just described legal and mandatory in all 50 states. This will ensure that the Democrats never lose another election. I mean, the, only reason, Mike, the only reason that that has gained any momentum is because the Democratic Party still has a majority in the House. Right. And so they can initiate legislation, as you just described, what we, the people, have to recognize is that the trustees, the congressional representatives, both in the House and the U.S. Senate, have to step in and protect, defend, and preserve the constitutional foundation of this country. So 2022 is a critical milestone for us as Americans of all persuasions, political, cultural, et cetera, to make sure that our interests are represented. Mike, let's not also overlook the movement to keep nine on the Supreme Court. Uh, I encourage our, our audience to visit keepnine.org, okay? A movement across the country that's focusing on finding Democrat and Republican supporters of keeping the Supreme Court with nine justices to avoid political, that becoming a political playground. Yeah, because what if they increase the number of judges? What's going to happen to our country? Well, they're going to change, they're going to change it from a conservative court to a liberal court. They're going to up the number so that they can get, they can get the majority. So well, if they up it from nine to, <clears throat> let's say, 13, they had four liberal justices now we go from a 6-3 court, right, to a 7-6 court the other way. Wow. And, and our democracy gets degraded because then as, as the pendulum swings, you know, it gets back to political. And, and you know, yes. more and more people that I encounter are less and less political hmm. because they're really focused on the pragmatic side of what's happening in our communities, what's happening with issues 
that matter. Economics, employment, right. education, energy, you know, the fundamentals, okay? They don't really care what, so when, the, the greatest opportunity we have to engage with our friends, family, and neighbors is to ask what, what is most important to you? And you hear things about healthcare, mm -hmm. the rising cost of healthcare. Um, you know, this is not a partisan issue. It, these are people issues. Hmm. So all of this other stuff is just really part of this cultural shift that one side, um, not only of the aisle, but one side, the other side of the world wants to see changed in America. If it doesn't happen, it's forget it. It's, it's done, right? We're done. I mean, if they don't change it, then you're just, you are no longer the United States. And a lot, half the country wants Europe as half the country is not wearing their masks anymore. So Mike, this is the thing I don't get. The siding on eliminating masks and well, okay. It's masks. We know really that wasn't the big thing, but to now have big stadiums with full people and everything and only half the people are vaccinated, that makes no sense at all, Mike, does it? No. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the, the whole thing, the, you know, I don't know if you heard about this, this lawsuit in California where California wanted to mandate that, you know, everybody get vaccinated. And a lawyer picked up the suit, said, wait a minute, it's an experimental drug. It's not FDA approved. You can't mandate that somebody take an experiment. If it's FDA approved, it's another situation. This was only right. for emergency use. Exactly. There's been no testing. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen to people three years from now. Well, there's research out there, French doctor, if you didn't see what the French doctor says, most of the people who took the vaccine two years are going to be dead. So there's different things out there. I'm not saying it's true or false, but that's out there. So well, the point is 50%. Let's just give you an example. Six months, they need a booster. I'll open up America completely. I'm not for this, honestly. I'm for, you know, social distancing, no masks. But in certain places, you can't be all together yet. We've not stopped this virus. So we're going to go ahead and live as normal. And what if the virus increases again? Unless the narrative in the United States is it won't. Just because they got what they wanted. Right. Well, listen, vi virus virus is rooted in the corona virus. It will will spread just like the common cold and the flu. It, it's just the nature of that virus. Now, we want to be able to have immunity. But the only way we're going to get immunity is just like when we were children, right? And we and our friends had, our cousins had the chicken pox. Right. Some parents did one thing, which is keep them away, keep them home and avoid getting it today. And others said, well, let's rush on over to see cousin Vinny and get exposed because he don't have it all that bad and you're better off having it when it's not that bad then later on when it might be more fatal. So that's why I think a lot of people today, you know, you, you know, our circle, Neil, yourself, Mike, 
we get the opportunity with or without social distancing, with or without a mask, to engage with people who want to share their thoughts and their ideas and their experiences. I was with a healthcare professional just the other night and she was vaccinated. But at this point with the strains, they want to give them boosts, booster shots. She said, I'm better off just getting it. Okay. I had a, here's one, one interesting point with the, with the, uh, the COVID-19. I had a good friend, 77 year old guy, get COVID, go to the local hospital, a good community hospital that happened to have the, um, the remedies, the special set of remedy drugs that, that they, they offer. They didn't offer it to him. And he was told once being diagnosed positive to go home, stay away from people for 14 days and dose up on vitamin C and zinc. Okay. He's, I just had coffee with him this morning. He's as happy as can be. You know, what we're seeing, and this is, we're, we're close to running out of time today, but we're also seeing that Fauci has really been wrong about everything and he lied, right, Mike? Fauci, it seems like he's using the Chinese talking points. <laughs> of course he is. Well, you know, he's invested. Yeah, he's invested, exactly. It's profitable for him. Right. Just, just like Mr. Biden. He, he took money from China. Or his son did, of course, and it trickles down, down back to him. So, what, 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 Rob, who do you have run for president in 2024? Well, you know, the good news about the conservative movement is there is a solid bench of men, women, uh, who, who, we, who we've seen for years, uh, people like, uh, Nikki Haley, people like um, the governor of Florida, um, you know, it, it, in all likelihood, we're going to see many of the same stalwarts in the conservative movement stand up, speak out and participate in the process. Um, clearly, there will be a primary process. Uh, that's that's how it works. So, um, you know, will we see 16 17 people all vying for the job? I doubt it. I think we're probably going to have a little bit right. more narrow focused field in 2024. But if 2022 they don't win, then 2024 is out the window completely, right? Uh, every, every two years is the same cycle, right? The House has the opportunity, and we're in a great position in the House. Let's always echo and amplify that in 2020, the Republicans maintained 100% of the seats they had in the house and picked up 15 more. So 2020 yielded great results in the house while we struggle to maintain our majority in the Senate. So we need to be focusing on again, winning the majority in the Senate, picking up a few more seats. I think we're down to somewhere between five or seven uh, in the house. Um, there are Democrats to be targeted. Uh, and, and these issues that we're talking about today, keeping nine on the court, okay, are right. issues for 2022. Talking about how you, how you and your state dealt with the economic, the educational issues as it related to coronavirus. We have to keep people accountable. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, D.C. statehood, that's another thing they're trying to do. The Democrats are trying to do, keep power any way they possibly can. Exactly. 
I mean, D.C. statehood, Puerto Rico. Court, right. I mean, we're lucky because, you know, A.C. Uh, Hastings passed away. He was a Democrat. There's a special seat. I think that the House majority is only down to four congressmen. I mean, and that tells you a lot, too, about the 2020 election. Never before in the history of this country has a president on one side won, and then they lost so many House seats on the other. Right. Yeah. The, 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 the down-ballot success with the top of the ticket not making the hurdle right. is what makes that 2020 uh, very questionable. Okay, so. the, other good, the other good point I do mention uh, is uh, Elise Stefanik, the young congresswoman from upstate New York, um, who, who now unseated uh, Cheney for the third most powerful leadership role in the Republican uh, House. But here's, what, here's why Elise is a conservative champion, a courageous conservative. She recognized that as a representative, as a woman in the House, she did not have enough Republican conservative women by her side to wage the, wage the war. Mm-hmm. Single-handedly. All right. Elise identified, uh, recruited, exactly. and helped elect and double the number of Republican women in 2020. All right. So boxofsunglasses.com. Box of sunglasses. Where am I going there? <laughs> WinningTaxSolutions.com right. and MikeVillardiBooks.com. Maybe Rob Roselli's coming on next. I'm thinking conspiracy. But uh, definitely uh, time is coming. Mike has predicted all this stuff. Rob, where can we go for you? More info? AmericanCatalyst.org. AmericanCatalyst.org. This topic, really, as we listen to this all, is people, ladies and gentlemen, if you want the United States to be like Europe, you voted for it. This is what's happening. Our rights as human beings, the ability that we have to wear masks or not wear masks or be told to be vaccinated or not vaccinated is not United America. If you want to go to other countries, that's the rules. So you make the decision. If that's your choice, that's your choice. But freedom of speech, everything could disappear. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. All right, guys. That was the Mike Pilardi Show, guys. Take care. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rob Roselli Show. I'm excited to welcome to Rob Roselli. Rob, what's going on, man? Hey, Neil, how are you? There's a lot going on, actually. Uh, I know. I'm sure, that, yeah, I'm sure that you're just, like, every week it's just the same. What's the newest news that you were shocked about this week? Well, interestingly enough, um, in Christianity, there's something called the Great Delusion. And basically what that is is that some type of extraterrestrial entity slash antichrist will come on the scene in the world and announce that they are the creators of mankind, that evolution is the nonsense that it is. And we have talked about this in the past. And people can go to my site, boxofsunglasses.com and go to the evolution debates and the evolution quotes quiz and see, see how bad a science evolution really is and the assumptions that are made with it, it, it contradicts every, every major law of science, law of thermodynamics, Newton's laws of motion, et cetera, et cetera. And I brought that out in the evolution debates, which basically leaves you with one alternative, that there is really a creator God 
that created this reality, this, this physical existence that we call reality, you know, human life, the planets, the sun, everything, the universe was in fact created by God. But of course, the evolutionists will, will deny that you know, and mock people that, that saying it's not science and this sort of thing, but it actually is much better science than pure evolution that, that says there's nothing that created us. Now, the reason I bring up that background is because on Tucker Carlson's show, two nights in a row, actually, he's talked about UFOs. So UFOs are going mainstream. And, and what the military has been hiding from the, from the American people for the past, I don't know, 70, 80 years, going all the way back to Roswell, probably, and maybe even further than that, is that we have what I believe is coming, is the great delusion. And this is what's, what's known as disclosure. Okay, so in other words, the military and the government is disclosing that aliens UFOs do actually exist. And now it's coming on the mainstream news and 60 Minutes had another segment with a Navy pilot that encountered a UFO. I mean, you know, years ago, these people were mocked and laughed at, but now they're being taken very seriously. So that's kind of where we are. So I want wow. To so, so that's surprising. Do you believe in the UFOs? Uh, not in the sense that they're from another planet. I believe they're just like in their demonic entities, just like is described in the book of Second Corinthians, you know, Satan dis disguises himself as angels of light. So I believe someone's going to come on the scene aided by the extraterrestrials or these so-called UFOs and say that they are the creators of mankind and, be, and demand to be worshipped as God. And this is going to be the great, it's going to be a delusion. Now this shows up in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I'll read some, I'll read some excerpts from Second Thessalonians chapter 2 to kind of emphasize this point. This is Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering unto him, that you soon be not sh soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So we have this falling away, Neil, and I believe it's happening right now. We have this, especially in this country, I mean, all the transgenderism, so-called sexual revolution, everything, and everything goes in our public schools except God himself. <clears throat> yeah, the American Civil Liberties Union, okay, separation of church and state and all this sort of thing <clears throat> going on. So we have the fall on the way. So that that's that's a check mark right there. Then it goes on, Second Thessalonians chapter two, who opposes and exalts himself above all, all that is God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. 
Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. So basically he's warning us that that a single man or or woman is going to come and, and present themselves that they're that they're God that they're cre- that they're the creator of humankind, and it could be related to these UFOs that we just were talking about. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And I'm going to skip a couple of verses. And now you know that withholdeth he might be revealed in this time for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now let us will let until he be taken out of the way so in other words god's restraining these entities as we speak but he's he's gonna he's gonna give up on restraining these entities and they're gonna become mainstream in the world to the world and i think that's what we're starting to see now with these reports of so-called of quote ufos And then I'm going to continue wow. on, and then yeah, yeah, show yeah. that keep going, yeah. And then shall that wicked be revealed when the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, with all the seedfulness of unrighteousness in, in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So these are people especially the people that that are pushing evolution so hard and again you know we had a lot of them on the the evolution debates which are posted on my website but you know basically what god's saying is you want the lie you want evolution fine here it is he's going to give them what they want so i'm going to continue and for this cause god shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe the lies that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God had from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. So in other words, this is the apostle Paul, obviously, that wrote Second Thessalonians chapter 2. What he's saying is, if you want this... You want this lie so bad of evolution. You want it so bad. You want this. You want this fake God, and he's gonna. He's saying, "Here, have him." And God's gonna send. He's gonna allow the Antichrist to rise, to prominence in the world, with all of his miracles or whatever, to deceive people. And I'm just so. In other words, this is almost like a warning to watch out for this man of this man of sin, this son of perdition, and I believe it's directly related to this UFO disclosure, that they'll come and present themselves as our space brothers and and creators of humankind. And you're seeing it already in the intelligent design movement. And I think I've discussed this on past shows. Intelligent design doesn't necessarily mean that that the God of the of the Bible when Jesus himself created yeah. mankind, it doesn't necessarily believe that. It just believes that evolution can't be true, that there must be some other there must be some other creator. So the intelligent design movement is something to be watched out for. That that's where this this antichrist figure will fit right in. He'll come in and say, I'm the creator. I'm your intelligent designer or whatever. 
and this is what's this is the this, the great deception that's coming on all the earth. I mean, I don't know when, but it certainly seems like events are accelerating to that end. So that's kind of where we are. It'll be interesting to watch the news stories coming yeah, out. It's gonna it's gonna be very very interesting because you just. Um... <laughs> what's happening so ufos never would have thought we talked ufos on this show well it all it all fits in the big in the big picture of, of what we're talking about end times events and, and biblical prophecy you know they're starting to emerge with current events and we're starting to see it around the world as the world falls apart and we head for world war three and all the wars that are breaking out all over the world um israel now after it was funny when trump was president there was no problems in israel well yeah i think the arab countries knew that that the united states had israel's back and that's the language that these people understand is that you know a strong president that that does does what he says and means what he says is going to back up israel so they didn't Plus, a lot of the funding for a lot of these countries, Hamas and Iran, was cut off. But now we have a weak president who surrounds himself with people that hate Israel, his staff, and starts funding all these Arab countries again. So now there's now they're starting a war with Israel. So you got the war in the Middle East, and Israel really Israel is the center of biblical prophecy. That's perhaps a, a subject for a future show, but. You know, that's just Israel's the only real true democracy in the Middle East, and it's being attacked and, and hated. And this is going all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael in the Old Testament. But you had this rivalry between these two, these two ethnic groups. So that's another, that's another series of events that's coming to some kind of climax as we speak in terms of biblical prophecy that we can talk about on a future show but um absolutely so box of yeah. sunglasses.com very interesting information this week rob uh pick up all your books there follow you at rob Roselli, and we'll talk uh, next week sounds good neil all right guys that was the rob Roselli show take care 